HiFM Tech Talk with Stephen Ambrose. Stephen Ambrose. Good morning and welcome to Tech Talk right here on Hi FM, where we always have the freshest, latest gadgets, gizmos, news and technology info. So if you're a little bit sort of under the weather with tech, if it's too much for you, well, listen in. I'll try my best to make it easy, make it simple and relevant, most importantly. I mean, one thing having tech, it's another thing that tech affects, you know, what you do and how you do your things and how you run your business. And there is just no question technology is reshaping society. It's reshaping people. I mean, kids are getting strong thumbs these days from playing games on their phones. Very different to before. But it's certainly having its impact. And it's been quite a busy week for technology. Lots of stuff has been happening. Lots of things have been released. It's just been extremely busy. And uh, for our Tech Talk Cafe show, I've got a gentleman by the name of Akram Muhammad. Now, Akram is from a little company called Huawei, or Huawei, or doesn't matter how you pronounce it, but they have become number three mobile um, mobile phone producer in the world, and it's taken them not a long time. And they've just released, which I reviewed on air last week, their new P20 Pro amongst the rest of the P20 series, just the standard P20 and the P20 Lite. And um, we've got him in studio. He's going to share some of his insights, why they do what they do, how they grew the way they grew, and just should be a really interesting um, interview. So stay tuned. He's live on the on on phone, unfortunately. Couldn't join us in the studio, but that's neither here nor there. So stay tuned for that. I think it should be a really, really interesting conversation. Now, ICASA this week. Now, we've spoken about ICASA. They're the people who regulate the airwaves. They give you the license to broadcast. If we didn't have an ICASA license right here at Chai, we wouldn't be on the air. And the mobile guys also um, need to license their spectrum. That's the radio waves that they use to send all those bits and bytes and voice calls across the airwaves. They also need to get a license from ICASA. And ICASA can regulate that industry to some extent. There's some discussions about that down the road, but there's been this long-standing issue around data must fall. Is data too expensive? Are we ripping people off? Does data disappear? I mean, I'm touching all the buttons now. Everyone's getting excited. I can see that, even though I'm on radio. And um, it's it's just a real challenge. We live in a world where everyone wants to be connected. And in fact, to be really honest, everyone needs to be connected. It's a human right in some countries around the world, just the same as water, you know, clean water, education, um, housing. These are human rights and data and connectivity and the ability to connect and to, you know, take part in all the services and, and various things that are offered over the internet or via the internet, be it government, be it social, be it whatever you want, get an Uber, really is is just such a hot, 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 hot topic. Well, what ICASA did um, in the last couple of days is announce the new regulations for data amongst um, the various mobile networks. And there was a lot of talk last year about, you know, data never expiring and things like that. Well, unfortunately, I think they've watered, watered that down just a touch. But essentially, they've brought in a whole new set of regulations, which will come into force and effect in the next couple of weeks, although a couple of the networks actually do that right now. Um, And in many ways, it, it does improve the lot of all of us. Now, the truth is that data is uh, quietly falling as in well and as as we speak. Every every month, there are better deals. Every year, the prices fall considerably. But there are two things that um, have been a total bugbear. One, does your data disappear? We're not going to talk about that. And number two, um, does your data expire? Well, ICASA have now mandated that all the mobile networks, apart from the fact that they can now, they must now notify you. At 50% of your data bundle, they have to notify you. At 80, 90, and 100%, they have to notify you. And even more importantly, at 100% when you've used up their bundle, they can no longer just either ignore you and switch to the ad hoc two rand a megabyte, you know, un, out of bundle charge. They have to actually cut you off and stop your data connection completely when you run out of data and ask you, 
do you want to continue using data using airtime or should you wish do you want to buy another bundle, which is a no-brainer. It depends on circumstance. I suppose if people can't afford another bundle and they desperately need to use a little bit of two rand or one rand's worth of data, they'll agree to go ad hoc and pay the high data fees. But essentially, that is a huge step in the right direction. Now, Telcom Mobile have actually been doing that for years or since day dot. But the other networks didn't. They warned you you are now out of bundle and were using data using your airtime. But they continue to do that. And there's a big difference between 29 cents a meg in bundle and two rand a meg out of bundle. So that's the first thing that has to stop. And all the networks will implement that within the next couple of weeks. But the next thing, and this is quite a clever one uh, for the networks, not so much for you and I. If comes the end of the month, you haven't used up your entire bundle. And as your contract or your bundle rules have always said, that bundle will now expire and data would go away back to the story of are they stealing your data because you paid for it you now can opt to roll that data over what Ikasa didn't say is how much or how for how long you can roll that data over or how many times you can roll that data over but that will come clear in the next couple of weeks as the mobile networks um, you know implement their systems to take care of this new setup but the simple fact is that come the end of the month if you've got a gig of data left over that's about to expire you have to f- opt in to roll it over which is another little clever game of the networks because people forget you don't even realize that your data is going to expire who thinks about those sort of things you've actually got to on the last day of the month go and have a look at your data balance and physically opt in and tell the network that you wish to roll that data over for another month or whatever period they will allow. Um, And I'm not sure how many times they will allow you to do that, but at least it's a step in the right direction that your data is not going to expire. So you have to remember that come the end of the month, if you've got any data left over, you need to physically go in and tell the networks, this data must roll over to the next period and not expire, which I think is I think that should be automatic, but that's a discussion for another day. But in that way, your data will not expire. And the other thing that we don't know yet, but I will try to find out, is should you roll over your data and then get a new data bundle, which data gets used first, the old data or the new data? It all gets super complicated, but it is a step in the right direction. I'm not entirely... Um, convinced that the networks are playing totally fair with us when it comes to the cost of data. But on the other hand, the South African data networks, mobile data networks, are some of the best in the world. They're covering approximately 98% of our population with uh, 3G and around about 80% of our population, depending on the network, with 4G. So they're doing an incredible job in a very big country. We're not like Europe where you can have 10 million people in a couple of kilometers radius. We're talking about a massive country, bigger than many in the world with coverage that is not nearly as good as ours. So I think they do a great job for which they charge. And um, we just need to find the balance between them making a decent return on their investment and us getting the right price of data. But things have moved along. We are getting a slightly better deal right now. And um, expect to see these come in very, very, very soon. And remember that you're going to, if you run out of data bundle, your your network access is going to stop. And don't get freaked out that you can no longer get WhatsApps and you have no more data. It's simply that you may have run out of your bundle. And instead of charging you two rand a megabyte, the the networks are going to have to send you a message saying, do you agree to continue using airtime as data or do you want to buy another bundle? Which makes a lot more sense. Always buy data in bundles. And now that it won't expire at the end of the month or the 30-day period that you've bought the data, it actually makes sense to buy bigger bundles. Buy a one gig bundle, which may last a little longer because it's significantly cheaper. So there are lots of little strategies on how you uh, need to deal with your data. And we'll talk about that as the whole system evolves. And we'll be back straight after this and um, some interesting news from Facebook. They had their conference this week. Tech Talk with Stephen Ambrose, 11 to 12 p.m., only on 101.9 IFM. Well, welcome back. And our dear friends, Facebook, the one where all of us are connected and all speak to each other and all our friends and families post all those wonderful pictures of the fantastic time they're having everywhere and anywhere. 
there is the whole deeper story about sharing your information, the security, the data privacy. And this has just been a huge problem pretty much globally for the last couple of weeks. And Facebook this week um, had their developer conference, which was quite a big um, big deal. And um, this developer conference really kicked off with them pretty much ignoring the privacy issues or the, the problems that they're having. I mean, Mark Zuckerberg has now been summoned to the UK to testify in front of a parliamentary commission, uh, failing which, if he ever arrives in any UK or British territory, he will be arrested. Um, and um, so it's been quite a rough week for them in many, many, many ways. However, um, they announced something really, really interesting at their developer conference. In the next couple of weeks, we're going to get a new privacy control, um, and that is going to be called Clear History. Now, the same way as you go um, once, yeah, same way as you go right now to your browser, and um, same way as you go to your browser and you clear your history, there will be the ability to clear all your history. In, 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 in Facebook because right now what they do, for example, they track ac- absolutely every single one of your clicks. So whatever you click on and whatever you see and whatever web page you access through um, Facebook, um, you, you land up leaving that information in, in Facebook. And up to now, they've been using that information to track you. To, to understand your habits, to understand your likes, your dislikes. So if you click on a lot of stories about horses, for example, well, suddenly in your timeline will pop up a whole host of adverts around horses. If you click on a lot of technology stuff, as I do, um, your timeline will be filled with adverts and even stuff that, you know, the, the Facebook market where you can buy stuff, that stuff will start becoming more and more prominent. So Facebook do this because they believe they want to personalize everything for you. But I think the whole idea of a reset button, of the ability to completely and utterly clear um, your your history so you start fresh is an absolutely amazing one. So I'm sure you've all noticed that in the Facebook app on your mobile phone and on your desktop, you are starting to see um, the ability. It's a much clearer way to uh, to access all your um your, your settings, all your history, and uh, it's, it's become a lot simpler to disconnect all the various websites and things that you've connected to your Facebook profile. But this one is, I think, an absolute winner. What it does, it removes everything, just like you did in your browser with your, your browsing history and all the cookies and all that nonsense. This will now clear absolutely every website you've ever visited, Every call you've ever made through Messenger, it'll completely, it won't remove your posts. That's the most important thing. So all the stuff you've posted on Facebook, all the info you've shared with friends will remain. But your history, your browsing history, your call history, all the stuff you've done will disappear. And I think that's an excellent, excellent, excellent idea. Um, It should be able, um, it should come online in the next couple of weeks. And it's got one other little wrinkle. Um, you can actually then select to never store that information in the future either. Now, the problem with that is, and Mark Zuckerberg actually made it very clear, is that just the same as when you turn cookies off in your – now, cookies are not the little things you eat. The things that websites leave on your computer, on your browser to help personalize your experience – when you turn cookies off on the browser, it can often make some websites completely unworkable. They will just not load anything because there's nothing there to tell it what to do. Um, and the same thing could apply to Facebook. You could land up with a slightly worse experience, a much more random experience. They will still serve you adverts. You will still get posts you know, served randomly into your timeline. But they may be so arbitrary or so outside of the interests and the likes that you have Um, But that's a choice that you will have to make. You can either clear it every now and then just to refresh how you approach Facebook, or you can switch it off completely, and in that way, your privacy is completely anonymous. They'll never know anything that you do. They'll never see what you're up to on on, through Facebook, not online, just through Facebook. But I think it's very important. I think it's something that, you know, they needed to do a long time ago, and it was certainly something that they actually – 
need to roll out as quickly as possible. And at the same conference, Facebook really uh, have decided to get into the dating game. They've rolled out a new or two they not have. They are going to roll out a new dating feature. And um, in many ways, they uh, they sort of attacking all the, the tinders of this world, the people that have all the, the – um, Dating sites gave them a real shock because when you've got 2.2 billion people on your platform and you roll out something like how do you connect and how do you date, uh, it's certainly a big, big player in the space. But Facebook maintained this is for building real long-term relationships, not just for hookups. And um, it's focused very much on events. So what happens is that if there's an event near you or an event that some of your friends are going to or people in your area are going to, you'll be able to connect with people who are going to that event on a type of dating platform. They showed a couple of pictures of how it will all work and, um, you know, discuss and set up a, a real meet in the real world or something. So just an interesting way to go. The one thing they did say is they're not actually going to allow pictures to be shared at this point in time, which is quite an interesting thing. But you will be able to see the profile, the Facebook profile of the person that you're communicating with based on your privacy settings, how much you share, what posts you share, what pictures you share, what data you share. But I think it's quite an interesting thing that um, it definitely, definitely uh, brings a whole new dimension to the whole Facebook thing. It's one thing to connect with people you know or friends or just random people out there. But to use Facebook for dating, which actually a lot of people do in any event, they see someone on Tinder, they then go to Facebook and all the other social media platforms and stalk someone out. It's just a whole new way of working in the digital universe. So um, expect to see more and more of these things coming out more because Facebook really does need to um, Facebook really does need to try to you know fix a couple of holes in their revenue because the advertising was just a huge huge revenue driver and all the information they'd collected on you and I was the stuff that they used in order to drive the advertising so I think we're going to see a large, large, large amount of new ventures from Facebook. And again, with two over three, nearly three billion people connected, <laughs> big, 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 big change. Now, the other big story of the week was the Apple's earn, Apple earnings. Now, I don't have a lot of time to discuss that, but there's been a lot of talk amongst the, the intelligentsia and some of the, the techno guys about, oh, dear, the iPhone X is doing terribly. You lose. It's, it's really not performing the way that it should. And it was a big misstep. And Apple's about to lose a ton of money, et cetera, et cetera. Well, yesterday, Apple released their uh, results for the first quarter of 2018. And guess what? They sold more phones than ever before. And uh, what is really, really interesting, the iPhone X was their best-selling phone in every week since its launch. And it was only launched a little bit late last year, but still it was the best-selling um, phone that they produce. And But the other really interesting thing, uh, which was really uh, came out of the whole thing is that they their services revenue surged 31% for the quarter and they're making more and more money from services uh, and such as Apple Music and things like that and cloud services than they ever have before. Not that they aren't completely reliant on uh, smartphone sales, but still they are becoming a much more diverse company. And on that note, we're going to take a quick break. And then we've got Akram Mohammed, who is on the line from Huawei. Kyofan Tech Talk with Stephen Ambrose. Stephen Ambrose. Hi there, and uh, we're just trying to get Akram on the line. Unfortunately, our landline seems to be a little bit dodgy, but we're going to try one of those fantastic cellular um, phones in about two seconds. But just a little bit of history. Akram Mohammed is the um, regional director for mobile in South Africa for Huawei. And Huawei have just been performing unbelievably. Over the last two to three years, they have moved up to 10% of the global smartphone market, and um, they are now number three smartphone producer in the world. And they are really extending their reach considerably. They're moving faster and faster into many, many, many markets. And I mean, they're number one in Italy. They're number two in Germany. They're just moving 
at light speed, and they're moving really quickly in South Africa as well. And I've just been told I've got Akram on the line. Akram, are you with me? Good morning, Stephen. How are you doing? Very good, and you? I'm sorry about the technical Great, glitches thanks. as usual, but uh, we got you, and you're online, which is brilliant, and I've just... You know, it's told great everyone. being back on the show. Thank you very much. Just telling everybody how um, quickly Huawei has grown over the last little while and how quickly they have gone from the maker of other people's phones to pretty much number three in the world. What, what would you ascribe this to? I mean, what has been going on in the back parts of, of Huawei? There's, there's, there's so many things that we've been looking at, even and, and to put it into perspective, um, our mobile division, and when we actually started making Android phones, our own brand phones, is only roughly around um, eight to nine years old, Which um, is our consumer business division. And in that space of time, you correctly mentioned, we've grown to the third largest manufacturer in the world um, in terms of volumes. But it has a lot to do with, with Huawei's insight into you know, giving the consumer exactly what they want. We spend a huge amount of money in terms of research and development, and uh, we're looking at close to 10 to 15% of our annual revenues going to this. So we're always looking at ways to innovate and bring new stuff to the consumer. That's going to be a real benefit. Because I mean, and, there's a know, real... We, we, sorry to okay. interrupt, but there's a real challenge yeah. today. I mean, you know, there's so, so many devices and so many phones look so similar. And, and and it really is quite a tough one to try to decide which is real and which is right and which is the best one on the market. But, I mean, you guys spend a lot of time, effort, and money on trying to figure this one out. That, that's exactly it. You know, I mean, let, let's be honest here. Everybody likes to put out marketing spiel. And, you know, we, we can go and say, well, it's the best in this area and in that. And the truth is most uh, the devices out there are very, very similar. They've all got great processes, great screens, build quality. Etc. So how, I mean, and the industry has stagnated quite a bit. So how do you keep, um, you know, at the pinnacle of innovation? How do you continuously reinvent yourself? And you look at the likes of our partnerships with Leica. Um, I mean, this has brought us to the next phase in photography. Um, when we looked at our artificial intelligence capability with the Mate 10 Pro last year, um, we were the first mobile phone in the world to have on-device AI processing. So we're constantly looking at ways to say, not just bring out new stuff, but features that could actually be of real benefit in real-world scenarios to our consumers. Well, that's that's really, really interesting. And obviously, all of this culminated. I mean, in this day and age, every couple of months, you've got a brand new phone. But all of this sort of R&D and this research and and your collaboration with Leica, it all came together in a new device which was launched a couple of weeks ago, which is the new P20 Pro. Well, in fact, the new P20 series. Tell us a little bit about this new range of smartphones and and how all these technologies have come together to make these what you know you believe is the pinnacle of the Huawei phone right now. Sure. So you know we we know we have our annual launch cycles and the P20 series with the next phase coming in from the P10 and the P10 Plus, but the actual the device has been in making for for quite some time. Um, we we've been thinking about. The camera phone, and we know since the P9 when we launched the world's first dual camera system, um, uh, co-engineered with Leica, we, we really set a, a benchmark in the industry for mobile photography. But it doesn't, and, and our competitors even took followed suit. But it doesn't just stop there. We thought about it and said, well, your the best photo or the best camera is the one in your hand. No and question. How do we get every person to take professional quality photographs? How do we bridge that gap where it's not just a camera phone anymore, but it's an actual camera, a professional quality camera that happens to have a mobile phone on it? And this is where <laughs> Good what we're developing. It. Yeah, that's what led us to developing the P20 series. So what you're having here is it's not just about megapixel count or how many lenses. And while it has the world's first triple lens camera system, it's about allowing any person, whether you're a pro photographer or you're a general user that would like to take amazing images, you must be able to do that without going and taking a photography class, uh, you know, and, and, and understanding professional photography. So we've managed to do that with combining artificial intelligence and our industry-leading Leica triple lens system that now allows everybody to be a pro photographer. Before we get into all that stuff and how easy it is to use and all that good good stuff around what the P20 mm-hmm. Pro does, there, there are other models in this range. You've now got the standard P20 are similar technologies available in that device? Because it's lower cost, it's slightly smaller, but um, 
are you using very similar sort of quality, not three lenses, but is it a very similar device in many respects? So, yes, when it comes to the photo quality, most certainly, um, if you're looking at portrait photography, if you're looking at low-light photography, the P20 has the same kind of quality and capability. The differentiating factor is with the three lenses, for example, the P20 Pro has a a dedicated zoom lens. So, of course, it will be able to zoom to a much larger distance than the standard P20. For example, the P20 will be able to take you to two times optical zoom, um, a, a lossless zoom. And the P20 Pro will be able to take you up to five times lossless zoom. Okay, that's quite so a big difference. Is, yeah, that's, that's the differentiating factor. Um, low light capabilities, they will have very, very similar, uh, and as well as the AI capability is going to be extremely similar. And the P20 Pro has a 40 megapixel lens. So where that also assists you is if you need to crop or you bring in the picture and you want to see more detail, of course you're going to have more detail in a 40 megapixel shot rather than a 12 no megapixel No question. So the, those are the key standout points. But if you're comparing to, to the phones of yesteryear, um, the P20 stands on its own. I mean, just looking at DxO Mark alone, and this is uh, an online rating system, uh, the industry standard in terms of the best camera phones in the market. The P20 Pro scored 109, the highest ever for a mobile phone, and the P20 came in a close second at 102. Then the third on the list, it comes in at 99. You know, so it shows you the capability of the P20 as well. If the P20 Pro was not in the market, the P20 would be the best mobile phone camera that's available today. <laughs> it's always good to have yeah. your to have to have the competitor to your best camera phone, uh, yeah. your own camera phone. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So. Give us a little bit more insight into what makes the P20 Pro special. I mean, obviously, you've put a ton of research and effort into the whole camera subsystem. But having three three sort of lenses on the back is probably only a part of the story. How does that hang together? What do you do to make photography easy for, for people using all those cameras? So there's a, there's a few things that we, we've managed to do. I mean, where does it stop? We, we did two lenses now, three. Does it go to four or five? So well, there, there is a meme about yeah. that with the 15 <laughs> lenses on the back of a Huawei phone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, we, 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 we thought about the usability, the end user, when um, putting this together. And it's all about how these three lenses are combined to give you the best experience. So, for example, just taking, we have, uh, let me take you to the configuration very quickly. Yeah. We have a 40 megapixel lens. Which is the main uh, lens. That's, that's your main lens. And then we have a 20 megapixel monochrome lens. And what the monochrome lens does is firstly it gives you more detail in terms of black and white, but also it, it helps to absorb more light into the system. And the 40 megapixel and the 20 megapixel works together to enhance the low light photography. Okay. And we also have something that's called pixel fusion. So we do know unless you're going to blow your image up, not everybody's going to shoot 40 megapixel shots, so you might not have the need for that. So when you are not shooting at 40 megapixel, you could perhaps go to a 12 megapixel shot. And the additional pixels in the center is used to absorb more light, and this is now shared over yeah, that, the That's really smart. So, you know, obviously the benefit of a 40 mega, of a very high-resolution picture shot in 40 megapixels, you can make it as big as a wall without it getting cool. fuzzy. But if you're shooting okay. for a smartphone for normal stuff, it, it's set, I think, at 12 megapixels. And for normal print as well. Yeah. yeah. 10, 12 megapixels is perfect. And then um, you can use all those extra pixels hiding in the sensor to actually give you better light and better better um, low light ability. Certainly can. And, you know, we, we've tested this. And we've tested it in completely dark scenarios with no natural lighting source whatsoever. Um, and we've managed to get stunning, stunning images. And the artificial intelligence actually comes in here also to support this because it can identify the scene. Are you in a night scene? Are you at, uh, I mean, are you looking at a flower, a plant, a tree, a person? What is your subject? And it adjusts the settings for you as well. So all of this combined together what enhances the pictures. And what is great about the new AI on the P20 and P20 Pro is, for example, we have something called um, AI stabilization. People know about optical image stabilization, but okay, we've now so added one more layer. Before, we, before we get into yeah. that, optical image stabilization is a mechanical thing, isn't it? In other words, there's like correct, little, correct. little springs and things on the lens which stops that shake when you're wandering around. It stops the shake. That's correct. Okay. So, so and you that's, can have a perfectly full image. Yeah. And that's something that's pretty much standard on the whole range and a lot of, com- a lot of competitors uh, out there right now. A lot of competitors. 
But what we've done differently is when you are taking delayed exposure or long exposure shots, especially in very dark situations, this opens up your shutter for a longer period of time so your sensor can absorb more light. You always have, it was a prerequisite to have a tripod because if you have shaky hands, especially if you have your shutter open for 5, 10, 15 seconds, you're going to have a blurry picture. And this is where AI stabilization comes in because it compensates for that without the need for a tripod. So you can take a long exposure shot now on your P20 and P20 Pro without the need for a tripod. And I must say, I've actually tried that. I've taken shots at night in the most challenging situations where there's a little bit of sun in the, or a little bit of, you know, the sunlight fading away in the distance. And it, it, the phone tells you, it actually says to you, says, please hold steady while we stabilize the picture. And it, it actually gives you, even if people are walking, which is amazing. So if people are walking away, your original shot is still sharp. I don't figure that. I don't know how it does that, but it does that. <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, it is even we, we, we're so confident and we're so proud of this product that, you know, you know, you get everybody throwing out claims and saying it's the greatest, the award, it's the best that's in the market. In our roadshow that we ran just last month and over the course of the month around the country, we actually invited our consumers and said, guys, if we did something wrong, if it's not that great, come and tell us. Put it to the test. Bring your mobile phone in the exact same location, set it up, use the Huawei P20 in the exact same scene and tell us what's the difference. Experience it for yourself. We are that confident of it. That's pretty, pretty insane. But I mean, there, there are a couple of other features on this phone. Obviously, you focused very, very strongly on the whole camera thing. And I must say, in my experience, I've been traveling and I've been running around with the P20 Pro for the last two weeks. Um, the camera is probably one of the best I've personally used on a smartphone up to date. Yeah. But there's more to it than that. There are a lot of other features that you've done that you've put in that I think make it pretty compelling as a, as a complete package. What would some of those be? I think we were looking, I mean, P-Series has always been our photography flagship. So we would put in quite a bit of effort in camera. But this time, we and, and here's another reason why we've moved from P, we didn't go to P11, we went straight to P20. Yeah. Because yeah. I thought you guys forgot to count. Difference. You know? Yeah, it's a, it's a big jump. Yeah. It's a big bump up in terms of what we've done. So yes, it's our flagship camera phone, but we, for example, our mate series that launched the AI chipset, the QN970, just in October last year, was a game changer when it came to processing capability, when it came to resource management. We've included that on the P-series for the first time. So you're getting the same kind of processing power, but also optimization of your battery, etc. Also, when you come into camera phones um, yeah, and flagships nowadays, the general capacity is around 3,000 milliamps for your battery, 2,700 here and there. We've fitted in a massive 4,000 milliamp battery into this device. Which is really a big battery by any standards. Correct, and without compromising on design or size. So what we've understood and we've also identified by looking into research and other customers is that, yes, you might want to have the best camera phone, but you might be also a businessman. You could be, I mean, you want it for leisure, you want it for business, you want it at home when you're being a mom or dad for those special moments, all of those things. You have many, many aspects to your life. How do you incorporate all of those things? And that's what we've done. So the P20 Pro and the P20 is really that all-in-one device. I mean, even um, the, the feature of PC in hand, which we introduced uh, late last year, plugging in your device into any screen, it could be a TV or any large screen, converting your device into a Windows-style desktop computer. We've now included that into the P-Series for the first time as well. Okay, yeah, that used um, to only be available on the Mate Series. Only only available on the Mate Series, correct. So that's also come here on this device. And we've also put in, um, if you look at the complete suite of AI in- integrated even into the charging capability. So last year we introduced safe certified charging for the main series with TUV. So that's the only product available in the world that was certified globally by German safety rating companies. Because there were certain challenges around batteries exploding in smartphones. And and we we said to you, you know, how do we we, uh, sort out this problem? How do we ensure that our consumers are safe? So it went to a 150-point check. And it passed all of those things. I mean, from dropping the temperature right down to minus 32 degrees to increasing to 150 degrees, all of those things, um, 100,000 charge cycles, that was now integrated into the product, and we've passed those tests. So you can rest assured that even though we have supercharged and you can charge your phone completely in around 30 minutes, you, you can do it safely. 
that's quite a big deal in in today's. But battery life is a big deal. As I I said in a recent review, I managed to get nearly a full day using my phone as a hotspot, um, taking pictures. And, I mean, that's never happened to me before. That's quite a big thing. Now, before I can see our time is running out really quickly, tell us a little bit about some of the service and repair things. You guys are introducing some interesting stuff around that as well because it's one thing to buy a phone, but it's another thing to know it can be fixed and what the options are there. Yes, so we, we wanted to take care of it as well, especially for it being a premium phone. And we know the prices of screen replacement and how expensive it is out there. I mean, if you look at uh, some of the competitors, it's quite ridiculous at the moment. So we've put on a VIP service offering on the P20 and P20 Pro. And consumers that purchase these devices, firstly, will have a dedicated hotline or call center that they'll be able to access because we have three service centers available around the country. But if it's not accessible to you, you could pick up the phone call our VIP call center and we would have the device collected and returned to you at no cost to you. Um, and we will That's also quite a good do deal. Screen, yeah, and your screen will be replaced. Um, one screen replacement during one year of your, uh, or your first year of purchase at no cost to you as well. And when we do that, just as an additional safety precaution, we also throw in a free battery replacement if you have to take it into our service center at no additional cost. So if you break your screen within the first year, they'll replace the screen and the battery just in case. And the battery just in case, so you know you've got an extended battery life for another two, three years as well. And if you take it in as a walk-in to our service centers, we guarantee a turnaround of one hour. That's pretty impressive. So if you accidentally drop your phone you, and you're near one of your, your service centers, within an hour you can have it back all fresh, clean, and working perfectly. Go grab some lunch or a coffee and come back in an hour and your phone is all fresh and clean and returned to you. That's great. That's pretty, that's pretty slick, and I think that's quite a, a nice idea because, I mean, today I was just going to say you're going to go for lunch, but how do you know where to go if you haven't got your phone with you? So <laughs> we live in a world where, I mean, there's pretty much no decision that you make that you don't use your smartphone for you. Yeah. And there, there's one little member of this this family that we haven't really touched on, and, and maybe just for a few seconds. There's also a P20 Lite that you've released at the same time. Yes, we did introduce a P20 Lite. Wow. Um, you know, there's so much I can say about that phone alone. I <laughs> think just, we could do an entire interview you, just on that You've device. got a 20-second elevator <laughs> pitch here. <laughs> but, uh, well, let, let me start off by saying I actually think Huawei well, we made that phone a bit too good. Ooh. <laughs> because, um, you know, if you look at the P20 Lite, and the reason I say that is, it's really playing in flagship territory. You've got uh, a full-view display, similar to the design of the P20 and the P20 Pro, which usually is reserved for flagship devices. I mean, we introduced our first full-view display just last year with the Mate 10 Pro, right. and now you've got it on a light phone. Dual cameras, once again, if you look at the industry trends, are reserved mainly for high the, end. Uh, flagship mar- the high end. We've got it onto the lights phone. I mean, and 16 megapixels, great camera at that as well. Um, also, face unlock, which again is a okay, new feature that's, that's quite reserved. Cool. It's, it's now on a light device. And a great um, battery, 3,000 milliamp battery with fast charging capabilities. So at that price point, and, coming, and, and the design is incredible. You have to have a look at this. Um, and fingerprint sensor, this exact same technology that's on the P20 instead of the speed, is now in the light. So at a price point, at the, what we're wanting to do is we want all our customers to be able to experience what it's like to have a Huawei flagship. And I think the light is the perfect entry point. And it's what, selling just under 6,000 Rand? Just under 6,000 Rand. <laughs> That's pretty and ridiculous. It's, it's flying off the shelf. I, I mean, can, historically, I can we chatted that. before P10 light, P9 light, all our light series have really broken South African records, and I think there's going to be no difference with the P20 light. Amazing. Well, anyway, thank you so much for coming on the show, Akram. Thanks for sharing your insights around this. And um, I'm sure we'll be talking more because you guys just don't stop bringing out phones. What can I say? Thanks <laughs> yeah, so much we'll for joining us. Again soon. Thank you very Great much. Stuff. Thanks. Bye. Tech Talk with Stephen Ambrose, 11 to 12 p.m., only on 101.9 IFM. Well, welcome back. And again, I must say that I've been suitably impressed with a P20 Pro, had it for a few weeks on review, and it is a pretty fine phone. At uh, We didn't mention the price. It's 50, just under 16,000 Rand for the Pro. But the P10, I, uh, the P20, the standard one I saw running around at about 10,500 Rand. 
and 5.9 for the P20 Pro, well, the P20 Lite. So very well priced, pretty much amazing tech. Um, I think Huawei may be onto something pretty impressive right now. I mean, it's a tough world out there. There's lots of competition. There are a lot of great flagship and mid-range phones. But Huawei seem to be very strategically finding just that spot at a price that uh, certainly makes sense. So go check them out should you want to uh, buy a new phone. And I've seen the deals from many of the operators. They're pretty good and uh, available right now. Now, moving on to a problem, my gadget of the week, one of my favorite things. You know this. I'm a gadget guy. Um, One of the problems that most people have is that the good old big desktop has gone away. They're, they're hard to find, they're expensive to buy, they're big and clunky. So people are buying laptops. Um, and most people, either for work or for home, have a really nice laptop. But there's a limitation. One, you've either got or would like a large, high-quality screen, you know, 20, 30, sometimes even 40-inch screen to plug into that. At the same time, you've got a mouse. You've got a whole lot of other little peripherals that you want to printer, things like that that you want to plug into your laptop. And when you get home, the new generation of super thin laptops either got USB-C ports only or a lack of other ports and there's no place to plug in a monitor and it just becomes especially if it's slightly older and it's not using one of the latest USB-C type or HDMI type um, connectors so how do you connect all the stuff to a laptop without a bundle of wires and apart from anything um, you know you've got to sit there and plug 15 different little plugs in to get everything going there's a company that sent me a really smart device recently it's a company called Targus You've probably seen them at Incredible Connection. You've seen them at Dion Wired. Um, And they make something which they call a universal docking station. They've got a number of models, but the one that I'm playing with is their 3K model, which is the sort of high middle of the range. And this particular device is absolutely perfect for anybody who's got a standard high-end or even mid-range laptop. You really can connect all these things that we're talking about, multiple um, multiple monitors, you can plug in your, your Ethernet cable, you can plug in your speakers, you can plug in all sorts of different bits and pieces. And it even, it's actually quite clever, you can even put your laptop on it, which raises the keyboard up to a better space, or you can plug in a separate keyboard. But it's got a whole ton of USB 3 ports on the back, which are the high-speed ones. It's got an HDMI output, which is quite cool. And it comes with an adapter in the box from DVI, which is a type of monitor output, to the old analog-style monitors. You know, the ones with the little round plugs. So it takes, it caters for everything. And it's got one other little clever thing, which is nice. You can leave your charger in your laptop bag because you can actually, it comes with a whole, you lift the lid, it comes with a whole selection of charging tips for all the various common makes of of, of laptops from Lenovo to Dell to everything. It's not meant for the Apple world. It really doesn't have any of that stuff. But in the Windows world, it absolutely caters for, I would say, 95% of all laptops out there. So you comes with a charger, you plug it into itself, and then you've got another little adapter with a whole lot of little heads which plugs into your laptop. And it's really simple. You just plug one cable from this device into a USB 3 or um, even a USB-C output uh, port on your laptop, plug it into this docking station, and everything, your keyboard, your mouse, your multiple monitors, works perfectly. This one is called the Targus 170. Um, It's a universal USB 3 docking station, the 170 model. And I've seen it online. I've seen an incredible connection at around about 1,900 Rand. And it absolutely makes your life a million times easier. You come home, you plug one cable in, you plug your power in, and you connect it. Your screens works, your keyboards work, everything works. The the other one I was talking about, if you really got a high-end one, is their new 4K universal docking station, which is going to retail for around about 2,900 rand. So if you've got a really high-end setup and you really want to run two 4K 27-inch monitors um, off one laptop, and I've actually had a friend of mine do that. His daughter was into design. He wanted to do that, and he could not find a solution. And that's what got me thinking and looking, and here is a solution. So 
two high-end monitors, one plug to your laptop, drivers all load instantly, works perfectly with Windows 10, absolutely no problem, and um, it really, really, really is worth a good look at. So if you've got a laptop and you really do need to connect a whole lot of peripherals, printers, monitors, USB drives, old drives, because the new laptops, unfortunately, we're moving into complete dongle heaven. We're sitting with a one or two USB-C type connectors. That's the new tiny round connector. It's brilliant because it doesn't matter which way you plug it in. It's unlike any of the older ones. But it you can't use an old stick. You can't use an old cable. You can't use old peripherals, cameras, USB speakers, whatever. Don't work. Here's a brilliant way to put it all together in one little docking station. You take one cable from the docking station, plug it into your laptop, be it a USB-C, be it a USB 3 or 2, doesn't matter, and everything tends to work absolutely perfectly. So if you're running into cable nightmare, dongle nightmare, these are really they a little bit more than a dongle. I bought a dongle for my Apple Mac now, 1100 Rand, just to be able to use a HDMI cable and to use a, a USB 3, a standard USB 3 connector. So it's not that much more expensive, but it is significantly more um, flexible. Really, three to five USB ports, some with fast charging, some just to plug your little stick in and uh, take information off and on. I found that the little that I've used it, it's absolutely flawless. It works perfectly, perfectly well. And it's... um, uh, as I said, available pretty much everywhere. All the you can get it online, take a lot, any of these places, and at around about eighteen hundred rand to two thousand nine hundred rand. And I'll be back straight after this with a little bit more information about Windows. Guess what? There's a new version, and there's a new one in town. You need to upgrade. Here we go again. Talk with Stephen Ambrose. Stephen Ambrose. Good morning. Oh, I was thinking about good morning Vietnam there. I was nodding off during the adverts. But anyway, um, welcome back to the last little bit of Tech Talk. And guess what? Windows have done it again. Windows 10 has just released their April Creators Edition, their latest version of uh, Windows 10. I'm running it right now on my laptop. And in truth, Windows have changed the whole way that that their updates work. Windows 10 is considered a platform, not a program. So essentially, they're going to update it far more regularly than any other Windows version ever before. And it's all no cost, but they've also made a huge change. They will not support versions older than two years. So if you've got a Windows 10 version that came out right in the beginning, you've not updated it for two years, they're not updating it, they're not patching it, they're not fixing it, you're going to have issues around security, you're going to have issues around compatibility, and new bits and pieces of equipment will not probably or may not work with those uh, those systems. But the latest version of Windows 10 is really, I believe, well, it's hard to say it's not the best, but it definitely is um, one of the best versions of Windows I've used. It's a big download. You cannot do it on any mobile connection. Um, you have to do it on some sort of reasonable internet connection. And the April 2018 ap- ap- update brings a couple of really, really, really interesting new things. One, there's a people tab, which is a type of way that you can start talking to people who are on uh, Windows, Facebook, or on Windows, like a Facebook type thing. Um, and it works quite well. <laughs> Surprising amount of people I know are connected via it, via that. And then it's got another standout feature. Apart from all the security, compatibility, speed, and other things that come with any of these major updates, another huge change which then pops up um, is something which they call the timeline. So what it'll do is you click on one little button on the taskbar, and up pops a really cool historical view of what you've been doing. So right now on my desktop, I've got two windows. I've got my um, Evernote for the show. I've got an Adobe Acrobat thing. But if I slide down this thing, I can see every single website I visited yesterday, the day before, all the way back to April the 30th. And in fact, you can make it sync for up to 30 days, which I've just clicked the button to do. So I'll be able to get a 30-day history of all the documents all the websites, 
everything that I've done. And what's cool is that if you open that document, um, it will automatically open that document at that time, not right now. So it's, it's a great, great, clever way to see what you've been up to. That website you remembered looking at, you can't quite figure out what you did. It's just a brilliant, brilliant way to see what you've been up to for the last 30 days um, and the activities that you've done. So you can click on that and up pops the website that you, cut, that you went to then, exactly where you were. It's just a really smart, smart, smart move. They've also brought a lot of refinement to the overall platform like on a high-resolution screen, it'll warn you that it's a bit fuzzy. Do you want Windows to fix it? And it does. Um, there's obviously a host of security and performance improvements. They've also brought a whole lot of new little apps, which is quite cool. The new Twitter app and um, Facebook app in the latest version is really, really much better than the previous one. Pretty looks like a mobile app. So I would suggest that it will start popping up. It's these most of these updates are enforced. They're mandatory. You have to uh, update with Windows 10 because, as I say, they don't um, they don't uh, support older versions at all. Not like the good old days where did Windows XP supported 15 years after it was launched. But if you if you just keep checking your your updates, it should pop up. And if you want to do it now today, and you're not prepared to wait like me. Um, what you can do is just go to Microsoft.com, click on Windows 10, and it'll give you the option to download a tiny little um, program which sits on your computer, which is called Windows 10 Update. You simply click on that. It'll do a quick check, and it will automatically upgrade you to the latest version of Windows without using the, the standard or waiting for the standard thing to come. And if you have got the latest version, it'll just tell you, thank you for updating to the latest version of Windows 10. And on that note, I'm being waved at. It's time to call it a day for another tech-filled hour. Uh, this is Stephen Ambrose on Tech Talk on High FM. Till next week with lots more gizmos, gadgets, and info all about tech.